There we go. All right. Good to see everyone this morning. Welcome. If uh, you are visiting with us this morning, great to have you here. Welcome to Austin Christian Church. We're kind of a, we have three different campuses around the Austin area. One up in the north, one that's right here, a uh, tribe that meets right here in the uh, Zach Theater every week, and then one over on the east side of Austin. Uh, today, we've kind of, we're at the end of a, a conference week, so we, a lot of our members have been traveling. It's also the end of the summer, people are on vacation, that sort of thing. So we decided, hey, let's all come together and worship God together this morning. And so that's what we're doing. I want to welcome everyone back that came, went to the conference in Orlando. Hope you guys had a great time. Uh, I thought it was a great conference. I want to lift up uh, the Delos for doing a fantastic job directing the singles conference. I got to be a part of that for a brief moment. I was very impressed. I was like, man, these guys have done a great job. And I heard nothing but uh, superlatives about their work at the conference. And I know uh, so many other uh, great things, a lot of great fellowship, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, it's good to be home. And uh, great to be together to worship this morning. I did want to mention that today uh, is uh, John Thor's last Sunday with us. Where are you? I think he's over here somewhere. There he is, John. He's also known as Thor now, but, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how to differentiate between him and the rest of his family, so I'm calling you John this morning, if that's okay. Uh, but uh, John's on his way to Kansas uh, University of Kan... Wait, Kansas University, right? University. K-U. Okay, so explain that to me. Oh, okay. So they're confused. They're confused up there. Okay, I get it. All right. So, it's. I'm not even going to ask. Kansas. Well, good luck. <laughs> we're we're going to miss you, man. Glad you're looking forward to uh, hearing great stories from things you're going to do up there at, at school. You know, this morning uh, we. I know we've been talking. Th- th- our series on love where you live is kind of over with. We. I think we ended that Northside yes last week. I think you guys ended that maybe here in Tribe as well. Uh, but we are kind of in a transition week, so I'm going to share a little bit uh, from a few things that, that I talked about at the conference myself that maybe kind of connect with Love Where You Live. There's not really a theme, but I do have a title this morning, okay? And it's, it's a question. And the question is, what are you full of? Now, all of you are laughing. Shame on you. Your mind went to places you should not have gone. This is church. Can't believe you guys thought that. Although perhaps maybe that might be the answer to the question, but I'm not going to go there right now. You know, the truth is, you know, we are all full of something, aren't we? I mean, what are you full of? Of course, okay, so this is how my mind goes. I thought of this title and I go, okay, so what were some things in the Bible that people were full of? Okay, Uh, yeah, okay, see, positive things. I'm going to start with some of the funny things, right, or the bad things. You know, Genesis says people are full of violence. Uh, Job talks about feeling full of Shame. Uh, Psalm, the psalmist writes about being full of lies, full of boasting. Uh, Isaiah, I like this one. Isaiah 27, uh, 22 verse 7 talks about being full of commotion. You ever felt that? Just, you know, my life feels like it's just full of commotion. Like there's just stuff happening all the time. Sounds like my summer, to be quite honest. Uh, Jesus talks about the Pharisees being full of darkness, full of greed, full of self-indulgence full of hypocrisy and bitterness. Uh, and Genesis talks about Abraham being full of years. Some of you are full of years, right? If nothing else, we're full of many, many years. Uh, now, on the positive side, you know, Scripture talks about being full of compassion, full of, as someone said, the Holy Spirit, you know, full of joy, full of wisdom, full of grace and power, 
full of goodness, you know, full of mercy and good fruit. You know, really, I think the question that comes to us this morning simply is, we, we, hey, we're here to worship God. We're here to reflect on our lives, reflect on our walk with Him. And the question comes to us, well, what are we full of? Because really, out of the overflow of our fullness, we will live, right? And to love where we live really means living out of what's inside, what, what comes from us, right? And that's kind of the, the, sort of the point this morning. I want us to look at Colossians chapter 1. This was the theme for the entire conference. So if you went to the conference, you heard the book of Colossians a lot. Uh, And so I'm going to uh, try not to disappoint you by reading it yet again. Uh, In chapter 1, verse 15 of Colossians. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross you know this passage talks about jesus and it talks about how jesus as the son of god how god's fullness the fullness of god lived in jesus And that God came and really God's way of communicating with us was to come and live amongst us. What a a way to to communicate with the people, right? If you're God, it could have been lightning in the sky or a thunder or a tornado or some some kind of catastrophic sort of natural event that would have got all of our attention. But the way God chose to, to communicate with us was simply becoming one of us and showing himself in that way. And so it says that all the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus. Now, chapter 2 and verse 9 says this. It says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So here's the thing. So you have the fullness of of God that dwells in Christ. And then we, being baptized and disciples of Christ, being in Christ, now are brought to fullness. Does that make sense? We find the fullness in Christ. It's it's the God's fullness becomes part of us. And so we are made full, in in, in a manner of speaking, by being in Christ. Because we are now connected with God. I think it's a, that's a profound thing. You know, I, I like to start with the profound and kind of get into the practical, right? So I want us to kind of dwell on that, soak on that for a minute. That we literally are connected to God. But what does that look like? You know, I think some of us, perhaps we interpret that and go, oh, great. Now can I jump higher? Can I run faster? The answer is no. Right? In fact, it gets worse the older you get, right? No, no, no. I've, been, I've been full of Christ, I hope, for a long time, but I cannot jump any higher or run any faster. In fact, I can't jump at all anymore. But you know, the truth is, we are, when we are filled with Christ, what does that look like? What, what's that mean to us? 
Well, look over in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6. This talks about Jesus, and it says, Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, the context of this passage is, is that, you know, Paul is writing to disciples of Jesus and he's to the church. And he's saying, look, guys, you know, we need to have a great attitude towards one another. In fact, our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus. So let's act that way towards each other. But then he kind of answers the same question I'm trying to answer. Well, what does that look like? What does it mean to live with the fullness of God in us? What does it mean for us to live with the fullness of Christ? Does that mean we go to church on Sunday and sing some songs and, and make a contribution? Is that what that is? I mean, is it, is it like I'm a part of a small group? Is that being the fullness of Christ? What does the fullness of Christ look like in my life? And Scripture kind of teaches us and shows us through this passage what it looked like in Jesus, which then ultimately is what it should look like in us. You see, he sets the example. You know, I, one of the ancient church, father, church fathers, Irenaeus, said, said this. He said, he became what we are so that we might become what he is. You know, Jesus became like us so that we could become like him. And what does that likeness look like? Well, it says here that although he knew, it says that he, who being in very nature God. Now, I want to break that down for a second because that word being, being in nature God. In, in Greek, there's, there's a, the word that's used there kind of has two connotations to it. One of them is although and the other is because. Okay, stay with me for a minute, all right? I'm getting academic on us for a quick second. So the although, uh, if you think about it, those are two very different translations, isn't it? Although and because mean two different things. But this word kind of has the sense of both. Although, so if you say although, that means that the focus is on Jesus' sacrifice. So when Jesus goes up with God, although he was with God, he became one of us. And that says something to us, doesn't it? So although Jesus was magnificent, he was God, he had all power. And yet, you know, he kind of denied all that and kind of came down here and he lived as one of us to, to, to take one for the team, proverbially speaking, Right? And that's kind of, I don't know about you, but that's kind of how I grew up thinking about what Jesus did. So he came down here, you know, and I can just imagine him and God in heaven having this conversation. And they're like talking. And it's like, you know what? These people are a mess. What are we going to do? The law didn't work. The flood didn't work. Nothing worked. Tell you what, why don't you take one for the team and get on down there and die for these folks. And that's how we're going to fix this. I mean, that's Dave's overly simplistic description of what, how I viewed the gospel, right? As a teenager. And as a 20-year-old, and probably a 30-year-old, maybe 42. <laughs> Great insight just last year. Anyway, so now if you take this, but if you take the because, right, it changes the meaning. Because if you say because Jesus was in nature God, he came here, he humbled himself, he gave of himself. You think about that. What that means is simply God is showing us his true nature by what Jesus did. It's not a sacrifice, although it was. But really, there's more of a sense of him showing himself. There's a sense of him showing 
who he really is by coming here and dwelling amongst us. In other words, he was acting in character, not out of character. That's what he was doing. You see, and, and so when we think about this, and what we, as we read Philippians 2, what, what Paul is saying to us is that Jesus came and showed us God by the way that he sacrificed himself, by the way he gave of himself. In fact, the word there uh, says that he poured himself out. He poured himself out of himself. He emptied himself of himself. That's what he did. By becoming one of us, he kind of poured himself out for us. It's like, you know, most of us in our lives, we want to be able to advance in our careers. I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, there's a room full of successful people in here, most of us, you know, depending on how you define success, but we all want to strive for something. So, you know, most of us don't sit around and go, how can I become less at work, right? You're not the bottom, you know, you go, well, you know, this is great. I love this job. How can I get paid less and how can I have less responsibility? I mean, who thinks that? Anybody? You know, almost nobody, right? What do we think? We're thinking, how can I move up? That's kind of how we are in everything, isn't it? If you're in school, you don't think, how can I be the worst kid in the class? How can I get the worst grade? No, how can I be the best? How can I move up? How can I catch that one kid over there who seems to always get hundreds on all those tests? I mean, I mean, we're always thinking, how can I move up? But Jesus, showing us the nature of God, goes the opposite direction. He goes from divinity to humanity to really the lowest form of humanity to death. That's the trajectory that Jesus goes on. This is downward mobility. And so as Paul describes to us the nature of God, he describes to us this picture of humility. And it's so, it's mind-blowing actually to think of God in this way. Most of us, we think of God and the magnificence of God, and certainly that is true. But yet there's this nature of God that, that, that on this downward trajectory that humbles himself. And so when he calls us to live in the same way, he's not asking us to do something he hasn't done himself. He's actually asking us to live in his fullness. And so fullness, the fullness of God, is for us to be transformed into that image. It's living a life of pouring ourselves out for others. That is the fullness of Christ. You see, we often see participating in the life and death of Christ as sort of the means to becoming full in Christ. So, okay, if I just, you know, if I, if I can somehow give of myself, if I deny myself, then I'm going to be accepted by God. I'm gonna, I mean, now I'm going to be kind of in the club, so to speak. But Paul's actually saying quite the opposite. The participation in his life and death is actually the fullness. That is the fullness. To live, a like, live the, like that, to live that life is to be full of God. So what does that mean for us? Well, let's look in 2, Tim, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to bring this home for landing here in a few moments, but we're going to take communion as well in a, moment, in a minute or two, or five. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him, who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature 
having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." You see, escaping the world, as we read this, first of all, let me say this, let me back up for a half second. You know, what, what he says here, he talks about, again, about participating in the divine nature. Remember, we're talking about being full this morning, right? What are you full of? Being full of the divine nature is, is, is living in Christ, is living the way Christ lived, right? That's, that's really what that is. And so as, as we read this passage, it's something interesting kind of jumps out to me, and that is that escaping the world is not the goal. Sometimes we think, oh, I've got to live like Jesus so I can escape the corruption of the world. No, escaping the corruption of the world is the prerequisite to living with the fullness of Christ. Quitting sinning isn't fullness in Christ. I mean, can we just all acknowledge that? I mean, how many of us sat around like, you know, just sweating it out, not white knuckling it, trying to change things in our lives? It's like, man, if I can just quit this bad behavior, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be full of Christ. No, that's not fullness of Christ. We throw that stuff away so we can then pursue the things that make us full of Christ. That is pouring ourselves out for others. Living in such a way that gives to other people. That's what God wants. We spent the entire summer talking about being great neighbors. And so now the question comes, and really sort of the, the, the direction comes to, hey, let's make every effort to live out the divine nature, to engage and to love those around us. You know, I think Tommy's and Sam's story a moment ago is a great example. You know, you know, we hear of ways that they themselves personally, I know many of us have contributed, but they themselves personally went and served. There's a, they, they saw a need they went and, 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 did, and did something about it. We're going to hear in a few moments from some of our brothers and sisters who are devoted to building cultural bridges in our fellowship and in the community, you know, and, and they're devoted to that. Guys, we can all find ways to live out the fullness of Christ in our lives. And, you know, if you've heard nothing else this summer from loving where you live, it's let's find ways for us to give and to serve our communities. That's how we're going to make a difference. That's how we as Christians are going to make a difference. I was teaching a class at the conference with one of the brothers from the Philippines, and, and uh, he was telling a story about, about a brother who uh, was falsely, wrongly accused, but basically the judge was corrupt, and he put, got put in prison for eight years. Now, first of all, that's enough of a story right there. What? Eight years. What would you do? I mean, I might spend the first three years complaining to God about it. You know, what is this? And then five years, probably complaining some more. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what I would do eight years in prison. This guy, basically, <laughs> he goes to prison and they stay, of course, they're trying to encourage him. Over the course of, I don't know, I think it was like three years, 140 inmates were baptized into Christ <laughs> from this guy. And the, and, the, and the brothers and sisters who were there trying to encourage him, they found that in trying to encourage him, they began to encourage others. And, I mean, it just kept going and going and going. So now they're at a place where they're working with the city to actually b to create a halfway house because they don't really have that for, for guys coming out of prison, how they reintegrate into society. I mean, there's a way, you know, sometimes things happen to you and you have to respond. And sometimes we go and look for things and ways in which we can serve. But the, but the question comes at the end of all this, what are we going to do? 
Are we, what, what step are we going to take? I'm not asking everybody in here this morning to, to, to go and, and, and to do anything, specific, anything, one thing in particular, but if we all thought about where we are, our place in life, our community, the connections we have, perhaps the, the, the concerns that God has placed on our hearts and in our souls, if we all took a step of faith in that direction, what could God do through us? You see, I think, I think this, you know, we got a congregation of 400 people. And if every single one of us was a point of light pouring in to others around us, what kind of impact could God have through us? And it's not really about the results of it. It's really more about God's being shown. God's fullness being evident through us. You see, Jesus came and lived amongst us. And so therefore, we are called to live incarnationally as well. You know, God doesn't call us to heaven to connect with us. He entered our world. And so the expectation for us would be to enter the world ourselves around us and find ways to connect, ways to serve. You know, I, I recently I was convicted about this. And so I reached out to, um, thanks, thanks to Tracy Thor, I later find, I found a contact in the, um, in the ho- in Seton system, uh, hospital system. And I just wanted to say, hey, I've got to, I qualify to be a um, chaplain, so you know you guys need any any service, anything I can do to serve. And uh, they have this program called No One Dies Alone. And so uh, I've got an interview tomorrow. Please pray for me. Um, this is way out of my comfort zone, to be honest with you. I enjoy doing weddings and parties. I'm not a real big end of life guy. But you know, I'm like I'm pu- I, I, like, I got to push myself out of my comfort zone. So I'm going I'm to see if I can, how I can connect and how I can serve. And, and I put that out there. We'll see what happens. Maybe they might say, man, you're, you're so not ready for this. And they may kick me out. I don't know. And God will redirect me somewhere else. But it's a step. I sent that email. I can still remember that day. I sent that email. I was like, am I going to do this? And I hit send. See where this goes. And so this is the next step, right? That's what I'm saying. Let's just take a step. Take a step and go, you know what? I'm going to do something. It might be as simple as inviting your neighbor over for dinner. Or it might be something much more, you know, much, much more in-depth than that. But let's all take a step into the fullness of Christ. Amen. We're going to take communion now. As we reflect taking communion, let's consider that our God entered our world. Let us consider that he humbled and lowered himself for us. And let's be grateful and consider how we might live in the same way as we get to participate in that divine nature. Let's go to God in prayer.